I'm Jeff Cook. And I'm TJ Wilson. And this is Around the Circle. I'm walking slowly. is a map of the human personality. It's a tool for navigating relationships. It creates language for what motivates us and helps us look at the way we look at everything else. Most importantly, the Enneagram's a mirror because sometimes you need help seeing yourself. My name is Jeff Cook. I'm a philosopher in Greeley, Colorado for one more week. And with me is TJ Wilson, businessman, lover of theology, and Enneagram ninja. Hello. Welcome back, friends. This is the second part of our step three, naming your low side. If you haven't already heard it, you should stop here and go back to our previous episode, part one. If you have already heard it, we're going to pick up here with type seven in excess. Sevens. Sevens are going to avoid pain and become impulsive and irresponsible. And that's all about security. It's security in a way that saves them from grief. It's a, a move towards security that saves them from having to deal with any past issues, any past failures, any anybody's impression of them. It's if I'm I move toward avoiding pain, and sometimes that may appear irresponsible, that doesn't really matter. Right. And and abandonment almost intentionally moving away from what other people think. Yep. Three, sevens, and eights all ha- all struggle with understanding how their behavior affects other people, and in excess, that gets worse. Sevens have a much easier time leaving things half done, and it doesn't matter who, who around them gets hurt because they left that thing half done. Exactly right. We haven't even mentioned this, but... If you want to go back and listen to all of the things we've said and then insert your repressed center, it's all over yep. the things that we struggle with yep. in excess. Yeah. But this would be it for sevens. Sevens are feeling repressed and that emerges in how they live in excess. Yeah. And 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 they can get really, really good at sort of systematizing the things that they're moving through and like like let's go to the next thing let's let's like create a system for how to how to get past whatever negative experiences i don't want to deal with notice how that's pulling the low side of one you get systematic there's an anger that comes in there's a doom loop for sevens for sure yeah because there's gonna you're gonna pull some of the low side of your stress number at one and become more angry, become more impatient, become more self-critical, become more critical of others. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden that is just, you know, it's a doom loop. Yeah. Well, and, and where, where sevens typically like sevens really want to have a good time and they want to enjoy life and they want other people to enjoy life too. And, and when sevens sort of pick up that disintegration, that unhealthy part of one and move into excess, they, they, they want to enjoy their life in, in more and more 
the improvement. Like we we can do this better. Yeah. And and if you're not going to do it, I'm going to do it myself. Control comes in at mm-hmm. that point for yep. sure. My way comes in at mm-hmm. that, at one. Yep. Eights are going to become increasingly self-protective and at the same time dictatorial. There, the energy there really needs to get named. You don't see the fact that eights are motivated by not wanting to feel vulnerable, but that's where excess gets its power. Right. Right. And it's all about control. Right. The I mean it's the the worst people from the worst stories can can be shown as this kind of excess it's it's people who are enacting their will and they do not care about how other people how it affects other people they want things their way period my way or the highway comes from the excess of eight give that person physical power give that person a billion dollars give that person an army that's that a lot of the villains in movies end yeah. up Give them you know, infinity being portrayed. Stones. It's this this is how it works. We're going to do things my way and I don't care what you think. It's all about self-protection. Yeah. That's the rest of us don't understand that. Yep. But that's what it's about. The uh, that's compounded in the fact that eights in stress move into that withdrawn isolating space Mm -hmm. that five space that is building up walls where it's just like i'm gonna live in my head in a nihilistic posture yeah that can be that can be devastating to a human being that can be devastating to the relationships around you Mm -hmm. so just eights the caution that needs to be voiced here that this can be you just have to you have to get that under control or you're going to hurt people. This is also the place where eights like unhealthy eights can pick up this incredible ability to compartmentalize their internal self Mm -hmm. from five. And this is the place where like you wall yourself off. It's not just walling off yourself. It's walling off this part of you that you're trying to protect and putting it on a shelf. And now the only thing that's left is power and control and domination and carnal lust. It might be worth just saying at this point, because I feel the need to we, you really need to go back to our Suzanne Stabile interview about the high side. Yep. Because there's there's a different place to land. Yep. There are so many great tools for eights when they go to five, but you gotta grab hold of that tool. Yep. If you don't hold grab hold of that tool, you're gonna you're gonna hurt some folks. Yep. But if you grab hold of the tool that's there at five, you can move into really healthy spots. Yeah. Nines. Nines are going to double down on everything being okay. They're going to resist change. Not going to want to confront problems. All of that is about control. Yeah. The pocket veto is my favorite term recently (laughs) for nines. (laughs) The pocket veto, the the couch potato, the... Um, the extreme merging, uh, like the, the worst parts of how we talk about nines, that's, 
that's what nines in excess look like. I've I hurt my toe last week, <laughs> and because I hurt my toe, basically I've spent a week on the couch playing video games, and it's driving me crazy because like I can't do anything else. And if I lived like this, which I have had portions of my life where this is how I lived, this would be me in excess laying on the couch playing video games instead of doing any of the things that I'm supposed to do. You know what's going to compound all that is some paranoia, some suspicion. All of those things make it worse. Not trusting your body. Yep. All of that stuff at six. This is actually how I realized that like disintegration leads to excess because nines, when they disintegrate, they pick up anxiety, unhealthy uh, thought disintegration, like like we we break down, we like everything is gonna go wrong. And you know what is one of the best ways to stop worrying about everything that's gonna break is to shut off your brain and go play video games and just abandon your responsibilities and the things like everything else. Just just forget about that and find peace in this space where you're not doing anything productive. Disintegration can lead to excess, and that's like that's excess for nines is just you know sort of giving up. I don't want to monopolize time here, but just as you're talking, I had an epiphany. My my beloved mother, who I've mentioned a handful of times, is a nine. Um, if you look at pictures of her from the sixties and seventies. The woman is a supermodel, incredibly put together, attractive Southern woman, and her whole body fell apart um, about 15 years before she passed. Mm-hmm. And what ended up happening in her experience was she stopped trusting her body. Yeah, and I I hadn't put that together, and it's just all over our story. Yeah. Um, the, after, after she died, we had to go ahead and clean our house and underneath her bed, we found like 20 empty boxes em, empty wine boxes that just hadn't been dealt with. Yeah. And just, I'm, I'm trying to make this as fast as possible <laughs> for the nines who I love, uh, that image of not trusting your body and, and then how that moves in excess for the nine, you know, of resisting change, confronting problems. That was, that was a lot of her story as her life came to an end. And there's, there, this, this can be a lesson for nines. It can be a lesson for everybody that you're, if you, if you live in excess, that can just be a uh, a rut you can't get out of mm-hmm. unless you can name it and say this is the thing that's gonna gonna get me yeah in the end you know yep and like for all types like like just like with disintegration you have to figure out how your how you express your types disintegration for me personally disintegration looks like giving up and and laying on the couch playing video games there are nines in my life where disintegration actually looks like more and more activity that doesn't matter. And it, it's, it's a disassociation with the things that are important and leaning into ways to sort of cover up the, the like to, to gain control by creating artificial peace. 
And if artificial peace for you looks like a flurry of activity, that's fine, but that's probably still disintegration. You need to figure out what how your how you specifically express your types excess. Yep. The unhealthy, like sitting in the worst parts of your type. Just to say it again, all types aim at a core desire, security, control, or attention. And your excess will come in when your worst behavior and strategies try and get that aim. Yep. Got to name it. Yep. We did a very long series on villainy. It's my favorite of our series. Hmm. It's good. Me and excess really wants to go back to talking about movies. (laughs) (laughs) In security, all of the types have what they want. You have gotten your motive. This is the move to security. When your type gets its motive, what you're motivated by, then you feel free. You feel loose. You feel like you have power. You feel like you have the world where it ought to be. And unfortunately, it's at that space that our worst self actually can emerge. Yeah. So you want to talk about villainy? Villainy is the place where we weaponize our our sins and shadow, like our shadow becomes something that we wield to gain control or attention or uh, security at the expense of ourselves and the people around us. It's, it's, it's where we use our power and the worst parts of ourselves to get what we want, and, and we do it in a way that is harmful. So, so like disintegration can lead to excess. And when, you, it, when you're in excess, you can actually draw on the security side, like the security of your type, and, and, you know, use that to actually justify your excess and say, you know what, it's okay because I'm doing this for this reason. And, and, and now I can live in excess because I think it's okay. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to use my excess to take whatever I want from life. That can be aimed at other people. That often can also, I suppose, be aimed at ourselves. With ones, just to start there, oftentimes the negative side of ones can go both ways. Mm-hmm. Uh, ones who feel like they're good enough, who feel like they've obeyed all the rules, who you know have done what's necessary, can all of a sudden abandon the rules in how they treat other people and even how they treat themselves. So ones in security will struggle with addiction. This is where ones pick up alcohol. This is where ones pick up cocaine. This is where ones begin to say, I have created a structure in which I can abuse people. Right. And that is the villainous side of the ones. Right. And and normal ones will often, you know, hide their their abuse like the the uh substance abuse in ones is usually unknown to everyone else because they do not want other people to know about it because it's wrong substance abuse in villainous in in excess like in like when ones do this in the in this really really unhealthy way it can often become 
not just substance abuse, but substance abuse at the expense of other people too. Mm-hmm. Even ju- very verbally justified. Mm-hmm. I don't know that ones hide their abuse. They come out and say, this is entirely how things ought to be. Right. And are unashamed of doing dastardly things. Yeah. Because they have a reason for it. Right. There's an arguing from a place of defensiveness, but one's insecurity aren't defensive. Nope. One's insecurity know they're right, know that they have whatever it is on their side, be it the government or God or money or whatever it is, and they're going to move into places where they are postured to dominate. Mm -hmm. And because that's where they're at, then they can just roll off. This is why I'm... uh, Doing why I'm doing, right? And notice that, and it's there's a large measure of I have attained control, and because I've attained control, I can push into my worst elements, my worst impulses. The rules don't apply to me anymore, right? But they do apply to you. Let me tell you how you're wrong. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. The Pharisaical nature of ones really comes out there. Mm-hmm. Twos. Twos who have spent their time, their whole lives helping other people. They've, they've thrust all of their energy into elevating others. Suddenly, when they have the attention that they desire, have permission to really look at their inner life and what they need and who they are, and the dark side of that can be quite dark. Yeah, and they, they pick up this... Like, I am the only one who's capable of doing what other people need kind of aspect. And, uh, like, like it, it just, like, like twos in villainy start to display more of how we traditionally think about pride. Yep. Like, twos, this is, this is their primary struggle is, is elevating themselves in this sort of artificial way and identifying themselves with the things that they do to be helpful. And when they, they move to four in this really unhealthy way, they, they pick up this false sense of self that's two in villainy is, I am going to help the world for their own good, and I'm the only one who can. Yeah. There is a singularity and uniqueness to your ability to help everyone else. And the more that you feel secure, the more unique you are in the world. Yeah. To a to a very unhealthy spot. And and the more you're willing to do things that like they like twos in villainy have an, a much easier time embracing the like the favors aspect of yeah. two-ness leverage is like, like is leverage huge. yes that's that's a great word for twos and twos who are are in this really unhealthy space is like they're fine with leverage yeah twos are going to be the most emotionally intelligent number on the enneagram and mm-hmm. they will be able to pick out your points of weakness better than anyone else and maximize them for their own desires. Yep. And when twos are able to turn their eyes inward, they realize how much singular power they have in that space. Yep. And that's fulfilling in a very demonic way. Yeah. Yeah. Threes. 
threes seem to me to have attained the attention they crave and moved to six. And in six, it becomes more communal. But they are the queen. Mm -hmm. They're the king of the tribe. They're going to elevate their crew alongside themselves, but they always get the throne. Yeah. But they are going to routinely elevate some people in that space. The villainous side comes in in that they're going to crush quickly everyone else. But my folks, they're the ones that matter because they put me on the throne. Mm-hmm. And, and like villainous threes, like the U.S. and, and sort of a, a lot of Western culture as we understand it is, is so like we're, we're, we're a three country and, and we, we elevate and celebrate some of the things about threeness, about success driven and, and like accomplishment focused thinking and, and, and behavior in the world. And, and when you, when you get to this point where like you're really comfortable in an unhealthy way of being like that, then you get to the point where you are totally fine standing on the shoulders of the little guys and not giving a crap about taking care of them. Yep. It's well said at the end of the day, I'm a winner and my people are a winner and the rest of the world. You're just losers. Right. And we all know you're losers. Yeah. And so you don't matter. And that, that even goes for the people that helped me get here that I don't care about. Yeah. If anyone who's in our club turns against me, man, I'm going to tear you down visually. I'm going to show everyone else that you are worthless quickly. Mm -hmm. And that's my methods. That's how I stay. It's 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 not about power and control, but it's certainly about being on top of the mountain. Yeah, and and on top of the mountain in comparison to the people who are not on top of the mountain. Comparison is the word. Yeah, eights, nines, and ones want control. Yeah, twos, threes, and fours want to thrive at comparison. Yep. Moving to fours, how would you talk about fours? Moving to the villainous side of four of uh, one, there's an element of like organization and and like systematizing the the things that I want to uphold about myself. But it's also the it, the comparison is still the key word in in this two three four. And I think for for fours, it's actually like the height of their their unhealth is, is comparison when they, when they move to one in really unhealthy ways, they pick up a, a certain level of judgmentalism that they didn't. It, it's, it's like, like powering up their judgmentalism is like, like now it, it's, it's extra strong now. And they, they yeah. not only say they not only compare themselves to the rest of the world, but, but now they also draw in some, I deserve more than you do. So why don't I have the things that I deserve? Yep. If we tackle this, it seems to me that all of the types, when they move into security, there's going to be some movement in their repressed center. 
They're going to elevate their repressed center. And for fours, that means they're going to become active. And that judgmentalism is going to get active and they're mm-hmm. going to do something about it. Yeah. And that's where fours get villainous. Yep. If envy gets weaponized and it's a suddenly their profound insight into themselves and the emotional life of others gets active in a, in a toxic way. Mm-hmm. My favorite of all of our episodes, my favorite episode is our villainous deep dive into fours, which is on Salieri in the, yeah. what I think is the best movie ever made, which is <laughs> Amadeus. Uh, it's all over that character. Yeah. Well, and there's, there's active. also, there, there's a, a really strong, like, like ones are self-critical and like a, they, they want the world to be better and they start with themselves. Fours in villainy don't understand why the world isn't working the way they think it should. It's like that, like picking up some of that really unhealthy, like the world should be better than this, but it's much more like it, it's, it's, attention focused on the self whereas one's focus on the self is is like it's criticism and like the things that i need to do to get better fours it's about attention but it still has that that view of like what's wrong with the world that i'm not getting the things that i deserve more than these other people because comparison yep fives in the same way are going to elevate their repressed center they're going to start acting in the world on their knowledge, but on the villainous side, they're going to move into eight, not care about other human beings. They're going to enact things that ensure their security and compounding, it's going to ensure their control at eight. Yeah. You talked about twos being the the most emotionally intelligent and and being able to sort of use that as a weapon in their in their villainy. Fives, it's it's not just emotional intelligence. It's observation of how things are and how the world works. And when they turn that into a weapon, they become incredibly powerful yep. and very dangerous. Notice the danger there, and this is something that we're seeing more and more in culture. Uh, the, the New York Times, this is a random way to get to this, but the New York Times does a podcast called The Daily. They just did a dissection of billionaires and the study of billionaires. Mm-hmm. The 21st century might be the, the century of billionaires over and above nation states. Like there's individuals who are so profoundly skilled at hoarding wealth in the systems in which they acquire wealth that they take control. Yep. A lot of these folks are actually fives that are just really good at thinking through the systems, thinking through how to acquire assets. And when they acquire assets, the thing that they get is control. Yeah. That can be done for positive goods. That can also be done for very negative outcomes. Right. The greed comes in here with fives in terms of I have found security through my knowledge, but once I find security, then I push into power and domination and authority. Yeah. It's aggressive and, in nature. 
and and taking control of things for the sake of I want to be the one in charge of it. Yeah. I I apologize to anyone who's going to be offended by this, but Elon Musk wants to own Twitter so that he's the one in charge of it, and there's no other reason. That's it. And part of that is because he thinks he's the one who can fix it and, like, do everything right. But really, it's about him moving into a place where he gets to be the one who decides. I understand the world. I have fruit that shows I understand the world because I'm the richest man in the world. Right, obviously. And now I get to exert my influence over everything with the assets I have to gain the power that is the fruit of, you know, of the security, the security I seek. Right. Um, and it's not like a, a wise investment decision. It's about power. Yeah. You're a nailed, you're a lockdown security. Yeah. Once you're secure, then you can move into the world with authority Yep. and aggression. That's the move from five to eight is, I was withdrawn, made sure that I felt protected and safe. But once I do, then I can push forward with power. Yep. Sixes. Again, I feel like this is a complicated move. Because the move from six to nine is one where I no longer doubt myself. Now I feel comfortable and everything is okay. Everything is fine. I want to find that place of peace and calm. Mm-hmm. You want to talk about that in terms of uh, villainy? Well, and the the villainous six is is sort of interesting because they the the things that they pick up at nine, I, I think, have more to do with what they're not doing than with what they are doing. Okay, because because at nine they get. Like you get some of that, like, like striving for peace and and like pulling back a little from self doubt. But you also pick up like in an unhealthy way that the unhealthy things that you pick up at nine are merging and and not uh, and and the withdrawn stance and the 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 lack of active. You pick up sloth. You 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 start to not care about whether things get done and and like sixes who are naturally the the place the the type that is most likely to care and work for the common good when they move to nine in unhealthy ways they stop caring about the common good oh, that's a good move and really villainous sixes can actually move into places where they start actively working against the common good yeah, and our deep dive into the villainous side of sixes, a lot of these characters in film end up being seconds. They end up being like partners mm-hmm. to somebody else who's dastardly. Yeah. And they are moving against the common good. Yep. Darth Vader is was the char- was one of the characters we elevated and notice in order to create peace and calm in his own body, uh and be at peace in the world and free himself from the fear of death and the fear of losing people he loves, he does horrendous damage to the common good. Yep. Brings us to sevens. We've talked about sevens in security being able to focus. 
But on the villainous side, focus can actually do great damage, yeah? Yeah, if they're if they're unhealthy, unhealthy, focus is actually going to break things. Yep. Sevens who want everyone to enjoy their life, when they are unhealthy, they want to break things. They want to bring everyone into the chaos, the monkey mind that they experience. Right. Yeah. If you take character out of the picture, you don't want a lot of energy and competence. This is this is bad. Right. <laughs> like, right. You want people dumb and inert if they lack character. Yeah. If they're looking to do damage, you don't want them to be good at it. Right. And sevens in in unhealthy moves to security, they become good at spreading their particular brand of whatever it is they're trying to accomplish. The thing is, in security, sevens get real focused. And that's where the real damage can take place, yeah? Mm-hmm. I think what you're trying to get at is that they can become singular. Yes. Like monkey mind and all of that stuff, like one of the things they can get at one in a really unhealthy way is, is a focus on one specific thing that they think the world needs. And they will work very hard to make sure that the world gets that one thing. Yeah. And that may that there's a a good chance especially if they're villainous, there's a good chance that the world doesn't actually need that thing that it's going to be bad and cause a lot of harm. It's strange to say it, there's going to be a gluttonous energy there mm-hmm. about the one thing. Yeah. So when we did our deep dive into villainous sevens and we talked about the Joker, there's focus in terms of executing the plan, but there's also a gluttony there in terms of longing for more and more and more and more. Once I nail this villainous activity, I'm going to the next thing. Yeah. Yeah. And and nothing is ever satiating. There it is. Yeah. Yeah. Eights. Eights are going to begin to be helpful at two. What could possibly go wrong, TJ? (laughs) Uh, You could snap your fingers and destroy half the universe. I think eights in an unhealthy two space are going to do what's good for you, whether you like it or not. Yes. That's such a good way to describe villainous eights. When we did our MCU deep diving, got to Thanos. That was the reference there, just in case you're unfamiliar with Endgame. And yeah. The image of exerting power for your good is all over this. Eights insecurity means they got control and they've gotten control by being aggressive. And now the target, the aim at two ends up being helpful. Yeah. But in villainy, that's exactly it. It's, it's good exercised in this very strange way. I know what's best for you. Yeah. Like so much of this is taken from Thanos because I think that so many of his lines are written so well, but this, this idea of, I'm the only one who has the will to do what's good for everyone who has the, not, not just the power and the strength, but the will to do the thing that needs to be done. Therefore I will do it. And you like multiply that with the intensity that comes with lust for an eight. Yep. Like you, you have the passion that comes in and multiplies this toxic perspective. Yeah. And then and then things get really broken. And then anything that I do that's harmful 
so long as it serves this goal that I have in mind, which is actually for your good, even if you're dead by the time we get there. Yep. It's okay. Everything is justified because I'm doing something that's for the good of everyone else. It's a strange place to be that eights are going to find some of the their feeling center insecurity at two. But on a flip side, they're going to blow right through that stop sign. Oh, yeah. I don't know how else to say that. Like one of their biggest struggles is is in understanding how their behavior affects other people. And and eights are the, the type that is, in, in my experience, is most likely to not understand that other people don't see the world the, the way that they do. Yeah. So when they move to two, they can get some some empathy, some some perspective. But but it, when they move there in a villainous way, when they're already certain of their power and control and position in the world, and they move to two, what they pick up is their own version of what they think everyone else needs. Correct. Yeah. And we've talked about this in the past, but it's a my way expression of power. Right. This is what's good for everyone. And and if you don't see it that way, that's because you're wrong. Eights, nines, and ones all all have a strong radar for justice. It's all expressed very differently in all three of those types. But for eights, it comes out that way. Yep. Yep. Nines are also going to elevate their repressed center they're going to start acting in the world at three in a villainous way. Mm -hmm. Uh, You want to talk about nines and villainy? Another great, uh, just like uh, in the discovery of how disintegration moves to excess, excess moves to villainy in this, like, like nines is, it's really easy for me to understand because, you know, I am a nine and like that, this move of, like really living in this place where I don't want to have to do anything. Once I get into a position of power, once I'm in security, I can actually figure out ways to manipulate the world around me in such a way to where I elevate myself so that I don't have to do anything ever. And I can surround myself with my creature comforts and create peace in my own space and let other people do all of the things that I don't want to do. Because of the elevation of your status. Yep. Because I have moved myself, I have achieved a level of power, position, authority, uh, accomplishment, whatever else, that, that means that I have command of resources that allow me to live in excess. I would have thought that was buffoonery uh that just doesn't happen in our world except for my present job i work underneath a nine uh-huh. who did exactly that and oh, i have yeah. no idea how he got the job he got yeah there and, there are a lot of villainous or borderline villainous threes and eights in the world that we can point at that are on yes, tv all the time right? every day and the ones that you don't hear about every day <laughs> Those are the nines. It's exactly right. This was, again, to reference that New York Times billionaire thing. There's like a handful of billionaires who are nines. They're the ones who don't appear on the Forbes 500 list. Right. Because they don't want you to know about them. Right. You know? Yeah. Or, or, and they're, they're not doing things that are showy. 
Yes. Like they, they have done things to get them enough attention to elevate themselves to a position where they don't have to work for it anymore. I suppose I took us off topic there, but that that's the big thing. Yeah. It's how do I make the move to acquire the position where I have leverage and I can then take a big step back. Yep. I have the asset. I have I have the position, I have the title and that allows me to pause. Yeah. And and I've even come to a place where I identify myself with my title, with my image so much that I actually think that I deserve the the things that I like our our villainous discussion was about uh Warden Norton from Shawshank Redemption and like his brilliant movie just the 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 identification of someone who thinks like like he legitimately like out of in the way that he expresses himself he legitimately believes that he is a good Christian who is allowing his prisoners to get beaten to death because he has identified himself with his position so much in order to gain the sort of control and comfort that he gets from being in that position. Profits highly, wants yep. some newspaper articles written about him. Yep. He has done the politically savvy thing and ought to be acknowledged because you know why, TJ? His presence matters. It matters. And and you better put that in your newspaper. That's the way it is. So that other people know about it too. It's both villainy and self-promotion. Mm-hmm. It's almost juggling balls. It's such an... Uh, uh, this is just not how I function, so <laughs> I want to just name it. It's both self-promotion on one front, but it is very self-protective on a different front, yeah? Yeah. Yeah, it's, uh, it's a self-promotion to make sure that the image that that has been crafted is is held aloft in order to allow the space where I don't have to work that hard. That's what it is. Yeah. I got one big chess move. I'm going to make this move, and then I dominate the board, and I don't have to worry about the game anymore. Yep. Because my queen is in the middle of the, of the board. Yep. And that means that you will do what I say. And it's only in this small sphere. Right. Unlike many other types, there is not an end game. The end game is maintaining the position. Yeah, that's what it is, right? Yeah. That's important to note. Yeah. More and more, this is one of the many things I suppose I'm learning recently <laughs> about motive. A lot of folks don't care about an end game. Right. And I think most of the types don't actually care about an end game. There's a desire for something else, mm-hmm. and uh, and that's valuable. That's valuable to say about nines. Yeah. Nines want to carve out their position, enjoy that position, make it such that nothing changes and that things can be stagnant. Yep. In perpetuity. Sounds wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> and it sounds like, to you, it sounds like a nightmare. Well, if everything was amazing and... <laughs> I'm I'm down with peace and happiness if that's what perpetuity looks like. But 
Oh, I don't care about general peace and happiness. In villainy, I only care about my peace and happiness. <laughs> right? That's how it would be. <laughs> Friends, that's what we got in terms of our security, our stress, and what it looks like for us to be in excess in our center. Um, worth naming. Not just worth naming. It's it's like this is recognizing this is essential to growth. You have to know these places and, and the... Like the ways that you like like toy with villainy, the ways that you like like experiment with excess, the ways that you consistently move into disintegration but try to come back from. Like you have to know these things about yourself or you will not grow. It's not a stretch to say that this is the first step. We set up two other steps. You got to know your type, which really just means you need to know the system and yep. who you are in the system. Yep. You need to start talking to people. That's absolutely essential, especially before you start confessing the dark places. Yep. You got to get that rhythm of just saying, here's what I'm learning. Here's what I'm learning. Notice how exciting it is. But eventually, you got to come to terms with the diagnosis. Yep. This, this is the hardest step. It really, it just is. Confession is always the hardest step. And this is also, like, this is part of why so much teaching around the Enneagram starts here. It starts with a caricature of the worst part because you have to face this. It's it's a huge part of Enneagram world that we're selling the problem half the time, three quarters of the time. Let me show you your worst self so that you really know that we have a thumb on what matters in your life and where things are broken nobody comes to enneagram when they have everything together right none of us did right i crashed i and i fell into this (laughs) i don't know if that's tj's story but i think i'm in the middle of my crash so it's (laughs) (laughs) it's becoming more and more helpful covid a baby my mom died things are a mess man but i know the enneagram so it's gonna help me get through it (laughs) Man, I I hate to say what, I mean, what else do you put in that space? I know how financial markets work, so I'm going to be okay. No. I know how football rules work, so I'm going to be okay. No. I've I've memorized 2 Corinthians, so I'm going to be okay. Man, Enneagram has some power. Yeah, it does. Because actually you say things are breaking, but I at least understand my motive, how I come to the world, how I interpret things, how my friends, family, the people who love me interpret things. And with that knowledge, it's going to help me navigate some some huge swells in the little boat that I'm rowing. Right. And it also, like, the low side, the fact of seeing my shadow and and knowing what to look for helps keep me on my feet in spaces where I I would otherwise be falling down. I really wish I wouldn't be the sort of person to overplay our hand. But if you don't understand that that's where life happens, then you haven't suffered yet, you know? And if you look at this 6,000 years of human history that's been recorded, everybody who lives a life worth living gets to that spot yep there's not one person who's worth talking about hasn't suffered immensely right the art of living is understanding 
what it looks like to be in that space and to still thrive. Yeah. To navigate the choppy word. To suffer well, if you will. That's exactly right. Yeah. I really enjoyed this conversation. <laughs> I'm like, I'm, I'm kind of cranked up right now. I started into this conversation feeling kind of down. And now I'm like, come on, suffering. Woo. <laughs> Here's the thing. You can't name a great movie that doesn't have significant adversaries. There is no real story without suffering. That is what meaning and purpose and thriving looks like. Yep. And if you haven't significantly suffered in your life, I'm really sorry to tell you this. It's coming. It's going to come and it's going to hit. And one of the best things that you can do is be prepared for when it does. That's what the great life looks like. Nobody thinks that that guy who inherited $2.5 billion from his daddy and is now sitting by the pool is living a great life. Well, nobody who's healthy anyway. (laughs) The rest of us are enduring and we're pushing through trials. And that's actually where the beauty, the genuine flourishing of human beings takes place. So says I. Time stamp that. (laughs) So say we all. You know what else is important, TJ? What else? Stars. People need to give our our podcast stars. Is it important, though? Is it? Stars and gatherings (laughs) that uh, are connected to our website. (laughs) It just feels feels skinny. Yeah, this is a weird way. Like, how do you end this? Like, like we got to do our normal stuff. People on... Who are doing news right now? We're we're in a nuclear crisis. There's a war that might break out. Now we're going to cut to commercial, and you can see Coca-Cola's ad. Right. (laughs) What? (laughs) Things are terrible. Here's an ad from Coke. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I could skip it all and just say, hey, you got anything else, DJ? (laughs) I got nothing, man. It's TJ Wilson, and he actually understands how reality works and what a thriving human soul is like. And I'm Jeff Cook, and I'm not quite as adept. But you know what, TJ? What? Who you aren't isn't interesting. Mm. I'm learning, growing, it's trying to figure out that dark side. Love it. You want to know why? Why? That's step three. We did it. Step three. You got to knock that sucker out. <laughs> <laughs>